1: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here to Pro-America Report. Great to be together. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, listen, do me one favor, will you? Do me one favor. Go to ProAmericaReport.com proamericareport.com and you will see the ability to sign up to get on my email list. I would like to send you an email every morning just about what's going on, just what you need to know. It's this first segment with a few other links to stories and all and I'll fill you in and I'd appreciate it if you do that. Now listen, later on in the show uh, I will be talking about a letter that I just issued to the Archbishop, the Catholic Archbishop of Washington D.C. His name is Wilton Gregory. He uh, insulted the Catholic faithful today and the President united states i wrote him back you're going to want to tune into that segment uh and hear me hear what i said in that letter he was very very offensive what he did i think it's despicable what happened and i will explain that to you you want to want to see that and it's just terrible he he decided to basically uh politicize the president of the united states signing an a, a religious liberty executive order just dastardly so I'll tell you about that in a few minutes. And we got another great show. I hope you're always tuning in. Don't forget, I go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. If you miss any part of the show, you can get the links to the segments there. We've got a new f- feature where each standalone segment is up in what's called an audiograph, which gives you a video to look at, and you get closed captioned uh, so you can read it in case you want to read the text of the conversations we're having. It's pretty cool. So I hope you'll do that and a lot more. All right, let's get to what you need to know today. I've been telling you for a long time that the media is really really not good it's fake news is not good it's also really mean it makes people crazy it really is it's really destructive they figured out a business model to keep people agitated and therefore to make uh, money off them CNN MSNBC to a lesser extent Fox News all of them that's their business model now is hysteria pays and who pays for it mostly pharmaceutical ads but still hysteria pays get everybody torqued up Get them, you know, get them jacked up. They'll go to the websites. They'll go to they'll stay in their silo and you can make them crazy. The problem is people are made crazy. And I have to tell you, and what you need to know today is that the in this sort of so-called riot, right? Riot. The New York Times, somebody in the New York Times had one of the op-ed pieces that a quote from Martin Luther King that said, riot is an expression of the voice of the voiceless or something like that. that that's not true. Maybe it was true when Martin Luther King Jr. said. It. It's not true today. These rioters, are just absolute, they're animals, they're destroying, they're they're not righteous, they're not enraged, they're not anything, they're evil acting people who are destroying. You can tell a lot about somebody when you say, what are you doing? And you say, they're destroying. They're not building up, they're not making better, they're not struggling for truth, they're destroying. But here's what you need to know about how bad the media is. Last night in St. Louis, my old hometown, a, a, a police captain who had retired was working security in a business just north of Clayton, uh, Missouri, just south of Ferguson, actually, not a few miles south of Ferguson. And the retired police captain, of course, that's what you do when you're retired. You know, you have a great career and you retire and you have a chance to take care and make some extra money. He was murdered by these rioters, these righteous rioters, non-righteous, non-rioters. Now here's the detail. He happens to be African American. It shouldn't really matter, a man murdered after a career in law enforcement in these riots should it shouldn't it doesn't make a difference right? Not really an add-on except where's the media? Where's the media covering? They're covering every every rioter doing something, driving it, you know, getting arrested roughly and all that stuff and this is ignored. Because why? Because the narrative that they're pushing is a narrative that divides and that hates and so the truth doesn't matter and you see that more and more as you watch what's going on i think the president was masterful to give the speech he did last night and then march across lafayette square to that church and all these you know liberals and crazy people yelling about how could he do it how could he do it this and the other thing it made an impression that said we want someone in charge because we do So what you need to know is the media is working so hard against We the People, they've really become the enemy of We the People. They really have now. That that may have seemed hyperbolic in the past. It's really true now. And here's the second point, what you need to know. Yesterday, the family of Mr. Floyd released the autopsy from his death. And I I still maintain that the cop in that case did not not do the right thing. It was too long. There was too much on the video, too much asking for help. But what the autopsy showed, and have you heard this? I bet you haven't. What the autopsy showed was that Mr. Floyd was on fentanyl. He was on meth. Now, fentanyl is a nasty drug. It comes from China. Nasty. Kills 50,000 Americans. When people OD on fentanyl, they often die. When they OD on fentanyl, they often are, are in a sort of um, zombie state. They, you know, they're, 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 they're not responsive like normal human beings. And on the tape of the four cops who were fired and probably deserved it, I, I got to say, I'm not backing off on seeing that something was very wrong, but on the tape of uh, the videotape and the audio of that videotape, they're talking about how, the, 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 how to control a, a guy who had had this kind of derangement, like a drug-induced derangement that they recognize because they know the type and so the autopsy yesterday didn't say the cause of death it didn't say it was murder did not say so either but it didn't say it was murder and it did say it was on fentanyl it at least makes you realize that that the, the situation was different than it appears right no coverage no coverage no discussion no nothing why? doesn't fit the narrative the narrative is that it's the oppressed, the white privilege, it's oppressing America. And in this case, that's what gets what killed him. That's what they say. Again, uh, it looks to me like the cop did something wrong no matter what the, the, the state of uh of this uh drug induced arrangement is. I'm not I'm not excusing that and I don't think anyone should. I think it's really problematic. I'm just saying that the media is not showing us what's happening. They're showing us what they want. They're not showing us what happened. They're showing us what they want because they want us to do things. And what is it they want us to do? They want us to be worried, scared, maybe hysterical. They want us to be on edge, unpleasant, divided. They want us to feel hurt and scared. What you need to know is that they're really trying to destroy what's at the heart of we the people in this country. That's what you need to know. It's not just silly and gamesmanship and CNN and fake news. No, no. It's, it's really seditious. It's, it's treasonous. It's against us. It's against we, the people, in a way that is a threat to us. It truly is a, a threat to us. And when you know what I just told you, what you need to know, about how the media's narrative is being pushed and they're ignoring the murdering of, of, of African Americans when it doesn't fit their narrative, this, this retired cop, when they're ignoring the facts of the case of Mr. Floyd, when they're just telling us the agenda, they're pushing us the agenda to try to drive us crazy. What you need, When you know that, when you need to know that, what you need to know, and I'm telling you that, then what we have to do is not accept it. We have to break out of it for our friends, for our families, for others. We have to be the voices that say, no, I'm not accepting that. And ultimately, here's the one you got to hear. It's, it's over now. We can't allow the rioting. We can't allow the, 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 the idiocy. We can't allow the destruction of the country. It's time for our governors, our mayors, and the president... To take back the country. If it means the military's occupying New York City, have at it. If it means that the 82nd Airborne has to go into Chicago, that's the way it goes. Whatever it means now for us to take control, this is not a debate. It's not a conversation. It's not even a riot. It's not even a riot. It's a treasonous insurrection based not on good things based on evil. And it has to be put down. That's, that's, that's life, by the way. Evil has to be put down. You don't get to dodge evil. If you read your Bible, if you study the history, evil abounds, and you have to take it on. If you ignore it, it grows. If you disregard it, it spreads. If you say it's not evil, it becomes bigger and stronger. What you need to know is where we are and what you need to do is we got to get control again and we're going to see it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we to got some great guests again. As always, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, uh, voter fraud, but also uh, what's happening uh, with Mike Flynn and more. Be right back. Ed Martin in a pro America report. Be back. This is the pro America report on the answer. San Diego. (laughs) Welcome back, Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report and it is great to talk to uh, uh, an old friend, I can say that a couple of years now, but uh, Congressman Doug Collins, he's uh, currently the representative, U.S. representative for the 9th Congressional District in Georgia and uh, he has uh, been a really great voice. Uh, the last I'd say six months he's come into his own, especially when it came to some of the uh, uh, machinations in the House Judiciary Committee where he's now the ranking member, uh, whether it was Flynn or some of the other stuff. So welcome Uh, Welcome, Congressman Collins. How are you, sir?
0: Oh, glad to be here. Glad to be here. We're doing well today.
1: Good. So, hey, listen, first let me ask you about Flynn. You know, we're all sort of waiting on the Flynn case in terms of his, uh, his, uh, actual legal, uh, um, you know, kind of jeopardy. And when that clears out, which everybody's optimistic, um, but what, what's, what, give us your thumbnail on that. And maybe is there any, uh, likelihood that, that, that that Congress is going to investigate what happened, get to the bottom of, of all that? Or are we stuck with a a house that's dominated by Pelosi hands and we're kind of got our hands tied?
0: Well, uh, Nadler wasn't investigated for for anything because if he did, does investigate it, it blows up his whole theory of everything that he believes is wrong with the president. Um, and the media has been willing accomplices in that. Uh, hopefully, uh, Lindsey Graham, who said he would, will continue. will start those uh, hearings and we'll start getting uh, to the bottom of it. But really, what the Flynn case actually does is shows that for those of us who have been saying that there were problems all along uh are justified in that i mean because now we're seeing that there really you know was this conspiracy of the corrupt cabal of comey and struck and page and mccabe and others who were out to get this president they were out to get him as a candidate and then were out to get it to disrupt the first part of his administration and we're starting to see how the corruption at the fbi uh, filtered into the intelligence community and all the way to frankly to the oval office with the unmasking and so we see president obama we see his chief of staff the day of the meeting unmasking uh, Flynn conversation. We see him asking, uh, Comey and Sally Yates, uh, about it. And we see at that point, uh, Sally Yates even being surprised at how much the president knew about Michael, uh, Flynn, uh, General Flynn. So I think when you look at it, it just goes to show that there's vindication for those of us who believe and were showing that there were problems there, but, uh, nobody wanted to believe it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I think you're right, and I guess you know one of the things I tell people is uh it, it, you know in a, in a next in the next Congress, if you have the right leadership, I think you get to bottom the bottom of some of this too. But let me slide over to something. I watched you on the news. I think over the weekend I saw you, and I thought it was uh, very powerful on the TV on the on Fox News Channel talking about uh, China and holding China accountable for what they've done. Look, I here's where I I I want to ask you. I, I want to put the point on this is. You've been pretty fearless in Congress. You don't seem to, you're not, you're not, I don't know, you don't need to be defined by how well you always get along. I think people like you, but you're willing to stick your 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 head in and, and, and hit hard when you have to. On the China question, you know, the Wall Street Journal had another piece today. Uh, oh, well, maybe we don't want a second Cold War. It would be really expensive for us. And And, you know, a lot of Republicans say they hate China, what they're doing to us, and then they back off. Walk us through what we can do, and if the Republican Party now has the the stomach for it.
0: Well, they need to have the stomach for it because uh, going back to the president from his first uh, you know days in office, one of the things he's always said, whether it be trade negotiations or anything else, China we want is a valued, valuable partner, but they cannot do it on their terms. And this is where I have a disagreement with Wall Street and others that are are heavily invested and maybe in you know. Chinese interest and in, 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 uh, companies and other things. But the question is, is what is the price that we're paying for that? And this uh, virus, uh, the bill we put forward, uh, along with uh, Senator Graham and others, is a bill that gives the president the toolbox to actually go straight at the Communist Party leadership. And that if they're not open to uh, an international investigation on how the virus started, what the consequences were, what actually happened, if they're not willing to let the FDA, you know, the pharmaceuticals coming from there live up to the same standards and protocols as ours. If they're not willing to let go of the Hong Kong prisoners who they are now using the pandemic to uh, to keep in, in Hong Kong and around, then we're able to start saying that you know, to these top leaders, the president can say, then you're, we're going to freeze your assets. We're going to freeze your travel. We're going to suspend uh, student visas and other things. We're going to suspend. Uh, the ability to list on the stock exchanges and others. And it's just simply saying, China, if you want to be a first-world economy, that's great, but you can't have a third-world infrastructure with your own people, and lying to the world is not going to be tolerated.
1: Well, and so, and and I agree with you, and um, is... Do you see growing support amongst your colleagues? You know, and I know you now have your you know, you have your you're also running for the U.S. Senate. You have a sort of sense of the Senate, even maybe even over in the Senate, they get less uh, ready to stand up sometimes. Uh, is there growing uh, Republican backbone on it, do you think? Is it is it changing because of what we've seen?
0: It does. I believe it is. I believe it's actually changing among Democrats as well, um, because you're seeing you know, the fact that we come into a, a pandemic in which we found ourselves, frankly, uh, it, it, it having to deal with China, where it started, and we realized that our supply chains for PPE, our supply chains for uh, some of our pharmaceuticals and other things, were being uh, were controlled in China. And when you when you go about that, then that's just a uh, a problem. And I think for the first time, this idea that, that the media made fun of of the president putting America first and putting our supply chains and our manufacturing, they're now actually seeing the real result of that. And sometimes hard times make you take honest assessments of
1: of where you are and i see this uh being one of those times is uh let me i would be remiss if i didn't get you again we're talking with uh, doug collins congressman collins from georgia uh georgia's reopening before we got hit with the rioting, but both the reopening and then atlanta and and how how are things in georgia walk us through you know i I haven't seen atlanta be as hot a spot in terms of the rioting and things but how, how are you uh seeing what's developing
0: yeah, well, Tufo, one, the, the riots, uh, you know, look, the, what happened in Minneapolis was a, was murder. And I, I'm glad to see the cops were charged. I think there probably needs to be more charged in that. Uh, it brings to light a lot of discussions of, of police and uh, racism in our country that needs to be addressed. But the thugs and the Antifa and the uh, anarchists who have invaded the, the protest that should be going on uh, have to be stopped. I would agree with the president 100% that we need to do a forceful thing in protest, but they have to do it within the bounds of of not looting and, and just using it as, a, as an excuse to to steal, um, but Georgia has is, is been good. I think the the governor and the mayor of Atlanta have put it very clearly, on, and they've used force to make sure that happens. The other thing, though, that for Georgia opening back up has been really good, in the sense that uh, we have. a a state that is back open. It is still moving forward. In fact, today was one of the last days we were opening up movie theaters. Bars and uh, restaurants are coming back online as well. And we're seeing our our positives are going up, but let me caution you, the positives are going up simply because there's more testing, but these are asymptomatic. We're not seeing our hospitalizations. People are moving through this. So uh, we're leading the country in getting open back up, and now that uh, we're seeing that, we'll see how that progresses throughout the summer and then be prepared for the fall.
1: Well, let me get one more thing. again, we're talking with uh, Congressman uh, Collins and uh, ranking member Judiciary. you've been a hero on that, and we appreciate it, Doug, for that. But so tell us what's with the, what's your race now in terms of the the uh, the Senate race you're in? I, when is the next primary vote? What's the schedule?
0: Well, because the the governor decided to move a special election to November, our our actual race will not be until November, and then we'll have a runoff after that. Uh, we're still real good uh, Republicans we're responding we're up uh, a good bit among Republican voters people trust us they know what we've done uh, we're the only uh, Demo- the only Republican who is uh, showing consistently uh, beating the Democrats who are running in this race we have a positive uh, you know favorable rating uh, among the voters in Georgia they know what we have done so we feel good about the race we're going to continue uh, going forward and and looking forward to a, a good outcome polls have been good to us but You know, we're not going to stop. We're going to continue to uh, keep this race going because I am, you know, running against an appointed senator who, uh, you know, is, you know, money is no object. And, uh, but buying an election in Georgia is not going to happen. And we're going to make sure that that uh, doesn't.
1: All right. Well, keep us informed. Uh, Congressman Doug Collins, appreciate it very much. And uh, appreciate your stand, especially we, I, what got me wanting to talk to you was your stand on China, stand up to China. I know there's a lot of other things that seem to swamp in around us, but uh, appreciate it very much. Congressman uh, Doug Collins, Ninth Congressional District of Georgia and also the ranking member of Judiciary Committee and uh, running for the U.S. Senate down there, too. He's got a lot of hats he's wearing and doing a great job. Thank you for your time, sir.
0: Appreciate it, Joe. Take care. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. Okay, we will. And we will uh, take a quick break. And we come back, don't forget, by the way, you can get any of these standalone segments, whether you're hearing with uh, me and Congressman Collins over, If you go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. We post them all up there. And as I mentioned earlier, they even do them as this audiograph where you can get them uh, as, a, as a video and it's uh, closed caption. So you can read it if you want to read it while you don't want to get caught while you're uh, watching something. If you're doing something else, it's uh, good fun. Anyway, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a ProAmericaReport. Be right back. Is the Pro America Report on the Answer San Diego? Welcome back, Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report, uh, starring Julie Kelly. And don't forget, it's the best Twitter handle in the history of the world at Julie underscore Kelly two. Because there's a lot of at Julie underscore Kelly's. She couldn't get Kelly one. And uh, her book, as she just told me, is coming out in early July, just after the 4th of July. It's called Disloyal Opposition. How the Never Trump, uh, excuse me, how the never Trump right tried and failed to take down the president. Welcome back, Julie. How are you?
2: Uh, You're so dramatic about my Twitter handle. It's really not that bad.
1: Well, it, you remember we, we didn't we, we? I forget what the bet was. You promised you'd change it if I won some I, bet, and then you were I an did. Indian better. I didn't catch. You can't say that anymore. But um, anyway, it's I, I know it's not that bad. It's, I'm just trying to get people to remember it. It's the it's trick. No, I appreciate um, it. I appreciate it. All right, Julie. Um, first of all, across the country, and you're up near Chicago, right? You're in the near suburbs of Chicago, or up there. But you've you know you've uh, you're seeing everything that's going on. How do you assess? And you're also you've got the unique uh, positioning, you know you're a mom, you got two two daughters, I think, and you you know you're you're a writer, you can see this. Where are we in this kind of crisis of of violence and rioting? What are you feeling right now?
2: I mean, I have a piece up today at, at American greatness and greatness dot com, which um, I, I argue against the use of military in a democratically run, democratically populated urban centers uh, that are in complete chaos, because just what we saw with coronavirus, you have Democratic leaders who are never prepared, who are cowardly, who are have no plan. But yet when things go sideways, who do they blame? They blame Donald Trump. So what we're seeing now is more clarification that Democrats are completely unfit to lead. They are hostile to American values. They share a lot of the same worldview that these protesters do, both Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and Antifa. Um, and so you're seeing just a continuing unraveling and disintegration of these once great cities like you know, we, my city of Chicago, and you see what's happening in DC. So I mean it's uh, just more evidence that Democrats are completely unfit to lead or govern.
1: But, but Julie, at a certain point, if they can't control it, I mean, it's you sort of, I think you won the point. I mean, I think you, and I think you're right you know, three days later, when I mean, they they looted Macy's last night and Bill de Blasio stood around saying we got things under control. It's going great. Uh, we're gonna be <laughs> fine. They looted Macy's like they didn't sneak up on it and like steal a, a hot dog cart from, uh, you know, the, the you know, down in the, you know, by Wall Street, they, they looted Macy's. And at a certain point, don't I even mean, don't we have to do something to, 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 to just say, Okay, and I think the country realizes those policies, but it's just too out of hand. Am I? When does it stop? Then? It
2: stops when the people of New York City and uh, the leadership outside of their completely incompetent, clueless mayor, uh, Bill de Blasio, followed not far behind from their clueless, incompetent governor, Andrew Cuomo. When the people of New York City figure out a way to defend their own city, when the police start to defy orders to stand down and not, you know, live up to the oath that they have taken and the people and property that they want to protect, Once they rise up to defend their own city, clean up their own city uh, and route these looters and rioters out of their own city, then maybe we can call in the U.S. military to help them. Until that time, there is no reason, and obviously I feel very passionate about this, there is no reason for one Marine, one Army soldier to go into Manhattan or anywhere else to defend what what their own residents won't defend. You know, I'm tired of this from New York City. I'm going to tell you what. We shut down this whole country because of the incompetence of New York City management, their mayor, and their governor. We shut down this entire country because of them. And now we're supposed to go rescue them again? No. Figure it out on your own, and if your city burns down, you get it to yourselves. We're not going to rescue you once again.
1: Uh, we're- we're talking with Julie Kelly, who she seems kind of <laughs> mad. And her, this column is at Am, she's so nice. She's such a sweet lady, but she's really I, I amgreatness.com. I'll put this up on social media. And, and, uh, but I, 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 I certainly, I see your, um, I see the direction. I get it, and actually, you're very convincing, and the piece you wrote is very convincing, um, Julie. Uh, let me ask you the next question, though. I want to, I, I, I just, I'll just tell you my opinion. I just don't know what to do. Like when I see that they're looting and all, and they killed this, co- this retired captain in St. Louis, um, and I think if you're so incompetent, you can't control it, which is what it looks like. Somebody's got to, and and I think ultimately, um, the American people. Expect somebody to be in charge, but I, I want to slide over to the, your book, Disloyal Opposition, because I want to ask you the, um, the the a bunch of the stars of your book, Disloyal Opposition: How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President, are doing this. What is it like the Lincoln the Lincoln Club or something? Right, and they're yeah. running like ten, ten seconds of ads and claiming uh, this and that. Tell me about where where some of your your the stars of your book are and what they're doing right now in terms of these things.
2: Right. So the Lincoln Project, one of the, uh, I'm not even going to use the word, one of the men who has to be paid to perform certain duties, otherwise he will be out of a job, Rick Wilson, okay. is with the Lincoln Project. And so my suspicion is that the Lincoln Project is funded by the same people who have been funding Never Trump projects, which I've written about, uh, the founder of eBay. Now I don't know this for a fact that they're funding the Lincoln Project. But I do know that a lot of leftist millions of dollars uh, from leftist billionaires, tech tycoons, are flowing into the coffers of never-Trump alleged conservative projects to, look, this is beyond taking down Donald Trump. They want to destroy this country. And the never-Trump right is no better. In fact, I would argue they are worse than the left because they've been frauds for the last few decades pretending to be conservatives and Republicans, making their livelihood and living off of the Republican Party. They've completely betrayed the people who boosted their careers and bought their books and went to their fundraisers and everything else. But, you know, bought their magazines like Bill Crystal. They completely turned on the people who supported them for decades. And so that is really what I detail in my book, and unfortunately went to print before I could call them out for coronavirus handling and now this uh, <laughs> you know unfolding disaster but that will lead me to a sequel so that's not
1: a bad thing I was just going to say that could be your next That could be your next one it looks like there'll be a next term so alright I want to ask you about Ben Sass does he appear in your book because now Ben Sass is going for the mainstream lie that the president wants to go take a walk in the park and go to this church and somehow that's the end of the world as you point on your Twitter feed point out on your Twitter feed Joe Biden goes into a, into a church pulpit in front of the cross and the Bible and lies and nobody says anything they say isn't this unbelievable he can actually get out of his uh, basement but Ben Sass now is falling for it and complaining and is he in the book is he a star of the book
2: he makes a few appearances um Ben Sass is one of the he's he's almost worse than Mitt Romney because Mitt Romney at least doesn't try to disguise his contempt for the president Ben Sass goes right. back and forth he was going to run against the president then he wasn't um then he uh, voted with the president because he's up for re-election this year um Ben Sass is is representative of the kind of Republican that ha- is not welcome in the Republican Party really anymore, because the minute that the left and the media gives him a little bit of attention, or a little catnip, he jumps on it. He never has his back straight. And he, you know, issues this lofty, morally superior statement about the word of God, and no one should politicize it. Okay, now I'm going to wait for you to take on... several pictures I posted on my Twitter account today of Joe Biden not only preaching in front of of in a church in a black historical black church in Delaware lying and using props and bending his knee in front of an altar with black ministers and I assume congregants standing behind him talk about politicizing talk about sucking up and doing anything you can for a photo op
1: Far worse than what Donald Trump did yesterday. It's uh, it is amazing to see. It's amazing to uh, to watch. All right, I got to run, Julie. As always, thank you. Go so fast, Julie Kelly, and don't forget awesome. to uh, her book will be out on July. Did you say July seventh? Is that what you said, Julie?
2: July seventh. Yes.
1: July seventh. So uh get yourself you can pre order wherever they have books and uh I got a I got a uh pre publication copy so I've been able to read it. It's really cool. It's a very good it's very good and it does uh there's enough action. There'll be enough uh from this year and next year, you'll next term you'll be able to write a sequel for sure. So thanks very much, Julie. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we come back come back and don't forget you can always go over to proamericareport.com all these segments you can see this this, this uh, discussion with Julie Kelly and all the links we'll put them up there so go over to proamericareport.com and follow it there and we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back in a minute.
0: This is the Pro America Report on the answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
1: There are plenty of things we still don't know about COVID-19, but there are two things we know for sure. First, we know that the virus originated in communist China. Second, we know that these communists were lying to the rest of the world from the very beginning of this crisis. Because they underreported the scope of the outbreak, the Chinese communists left the rest of the world completely unprepared to deal with the devastation that followed. Viruses like COVID-19 spread exponentially. If the Chinese had been upfront from the start, there's no telling how many lives would have been saved or how much loss could have been prevented. I know it sounds cliche, but we can't forget that China is run by godless communists. We can't expect them to care about property, freedom, or human lives. That's not what communists do. That's the fundamental difference between the values of America and the values of the Chinese Communist Party. If anyone thinks we can go back to just getting along with China after all this, they're kidding themselves. We are officially in a second Cold War. And the only way this goes is we win and they lose. It's the world versus China right now, and we have to choose a side. Just like the first Cold War, it's freedom versus tyranny. We've turned a blind eye to the Chinese dirty tricks too long, and COVID-19 proves there's no way to isolate their tyranny. We can't say, you can persecute your people, just don't bother us over here. As long as China lets viruses like COVID-19 spread freely, their tyranny is a threat to every American from California to South Carolina. This is no time to be bashful about the challenge ahead for us. We need bold action to handle a bold threat like China. We need someone who isn't afraid to flex the power of the United States in defense of our citizens and our interests. Don't be fooled by how the left-wing media spins this one. The Second Cold War is very real. And the worst thing we can do in this crucial moment is to ignore it.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's no secret that globalists are bent on destroying Western culture. Whether the threat comes from inside or outside our borders, America must be protected from cultural Marxism and those who would deny American sovereignty. We're seeking your insight at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly
1: Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here to Pro-America Report. Hey, this is an important segment for me. I want you to listen carefully. I, I, I spent a lot of time earlier today because I was really annoyed. And I want to tell you about this. I, I was over on uh, Periscope on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, if you want to go see it. I shot a video there, as I do every day. And you can also go view that at um, uh, ProAmericaReport.com. Here's the deal. Earlier today, President Trump, had, had a, he had a long-standing appointment to go. Today is June 2nd. And he was going over to the shrine for John Paul II, the famous Polish pope who was born under communism, became pope and, and led the fight against communism, among other things. He's also very pro-life and all this kind of stuff. But on June 2nd, 1979, June 2nd anniversary is today, uh, John Paul II, the first Polish pope, went home to Poland as pope. And years later, when the communist uh, wall fell and and Poland was liberated and so were the Eastern Bloc nations and all, the Soviet uh, archives revealed that they were just terrified. The communist leaders were terrified of what to do. Here's this Polish uh, hero coming home. And for nine days, June 2nd, for nine days after he arrived, he stayed in Poland And it is widely attributed by historians and others as the most most significant, one of the most significant moments in uh, in the fight for communists to get out from under communism. So when John Paul II, uh, excuse me, when uh, President Donald Trump planned weeks ago to go, I know this because I talked to someone in the White House, to go and sign an executive order protecting religious liberty internationally. In a time where China is persecuting Christians, persecuting Muslims, persecuting the Fulong Gong, when the Chinese world communism, just like the Soviet communism, is spreading or attempting to spread its tentacles all over, President Trump thought, I'll go on June 2nd to this you know, shrine to the man who led his people, and it will be a nice gesture. So today, the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., the Catholic Archbishop a man named Wilton Gregory... Decided it was appropriate to put out a statement saying it's baffling to him that the President of the United States would go there and blah, 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 and lecturing and politicizing the issue and complaining and making himself into a partisan hack. That's what the Archbishop did with his statement. Now, let me be careful here. I I do know uh, Wilton Gregory, actually. I knew him. He was from Belleville, Illinois. I knew him when I was in St. Louis. And uh, he was there for a while. He went down to Atlanta. And I don't, so I don't know him too well. So I don't want to judge his character. I don't know him. I just can say his his statement today and his interjection was not pastoral. It was not truthful. It was not wise. And as the Catholics would say, it caused scandal. It caused people to be uh, uh, confused. That's the, what that means—to cause scandal, to not understand what the teaching is. There is no teaching of the Catholic Church that allows an archbishop to judge others. And to interject himself in the way he did, that I know of, that this uh, archbishop did today. He basically became a partisan player in a political argument when he should have been, like John Paul II did, he should have been inspired to drive the conversation towards what? Towards truth, if if you're the archbishop, towards Christ, and also towards more freedom, Towards more less of the threat of totalitarianism and communism, and that's not what he did. So I wrote a letter to him this afternoon. I happen to be Catholic. I wrote a letter to him, and you can see it up on social media. You can check it out. And I, I just, I, frankly, I just unloaded on the my feeling and my description of what he did today, because I don't presume to judge his entire leadership, and I don't judge his heart. I'm talking about Wilton Gregory, the Archbishop, but I do know, and every Catholic does, every Christian does. Every member of the body of Christ has a right, and every American has a right to comment. And Americans have a right for free speech, but every Christian in the body of Christ has a right to speak of the body of Christ. And what Wilton Gregory did today was damaging to the body of Christ. And it was classic American social justice, gobbledygook, interjection, and you see, the thing is, what they don't understand, these social, well, they do understand it, but what they think we don't understand is that wh- when they do this, they diminish everything. They diminish the presidency, they diminish the Catholic Church, they diminish the uh, the leadership in religious circles. All is diminished. They don't mind that on the left, because that's what they do. But they, they think we don't notice, and I do. And oh, I, for one, am very tired of the Catholic leadership, presuming that they get to speak for all of us. And when you chime in and complain in this kind of case, I I guarantee you, the guarantee you the arrogance of power is that there'll be no response. Because he knows what he did, Wilton Gregory, supplied to the media a narrative that wasn't about religious liberty internationally, it wasn't about John Paul II, it wasn't about the liberation of Poland, it wasn't about the defeat of world communism and the Soviet bloc, it wasn't about any of that. By the time it was done, it was an African-American, did I mention that? That doesn't matter, it shouldn't matter, but of course it's used by the media, that Wilton Gregory's African-American so it will be used as an african-american archbishop of the catholic church who is disagreeing with president trump he's so blah 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 you see terribly destructive terribly hateful terribly scandalous conduct not the person i don't know the person well enough but i know the conduct i recognize the conduct i recognize what they're doing i know their game and you do too now if you want to go check out that letter, go to my Twitter feed or go to the website uh, Report, uh, Report.com or go to uh, at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter and you can see that and you'll see the pushback. I was very, very pleased to do it because I thought it was right to do. I, I thought it was the right thing to do and most people would probably um, shy away from it and I didn't mind. So check it out. All right, we got to wrap things up. As always, thank you to Noah for doing so much to balance all our comings and goings. He does a great job. You don't see most of it. Thank you to Noah for that and Joanna for helping book all of our great guests, and we will be back tomorrow night. Zed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys.